grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a reading. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you, Abigail, for bringing that story to life for us. We were so blessed to have you here with us today and to sh for you to share your gifts. Well, this reading of Ruth is not the only unique event to happen at our church this past week. Some of you may know that we held a vacation Bible school for senior adults, and I see some of our participants here with us today in worship. At Vacation Bible School for Senior Adults, we sang, we talked, we prayed, we learned, and we even played some games with middle school students. At Vacation Bible School for Senior Adults, we also spent time with this book of Ruth, thinking about family relationships, our spiritual autobiographies, and the themes of grief and loss. Our presenter, Kathleen Moulton, led our group in a powerful exercise on grief and loss. First, Kathleen had us make a list. She had us write down on a piece of paper our five most important possessions, our five favorite activities, five important body parts, five of our mo most deeply held values, and finally, the names of five important people in our lives. Then, after we made this list, Kathleen told us a story. She told us the story of Naomi in a vividly detailed way. We imagined with Kathleen what Naomi's life might have been like growing up as a girl in Bethlehem, the religious background that, that set as the backdrop for her. We imagined what it would have been like for Naomi to grow up, to marry, to experience famine in her land, and have to seek refuge in another country, Moab, of all places. Kathleen then walked us through the details of Naomi's losses. First, her husband, then her two sons. Finally, a decision to make the long and difficult journey back to her native land. As Kathleen told Naomi's story, she had us keep those lists in front of us, those lists where we had written down the names of our five most important possessions, favorite activities, important body parts, our most deeply held values, and our five most beloved people. As Naomi began to experience obstacles and challenges in her life, Kathleen instructed us at different points, cross out one, cross out two, cross out three things 
on the list in front of you. By the end of the exercise, we ended up crossing everything off of our lists. And in that way, we were able to imagine what it would be like to lose on the level of someone like Naomi. So for many of us, the possessions were the first to get crossed off the list. At first, it wasn't so bad. There go my new bookcases. But then it came to things like you had to cross off your home. Then came the activities, the many things that we love to do. Then we had to cross off things like our eyes, our hands. As I started to have to attack some of my most deeply held values, my compassion, my sense of responsibility, my faith, I remembered what Naomi had said to her friends, I'm not pleasant, I am bitter. Before I ran out of values and body parts, I did something that I didn't expect to do. I crossed off all the people on the list that I loved. Even though this was just an exercise, a sense of desperation set in as I imagined by a certain point, I wouldn't be good to anyone if I couldn't function or if I had lost everything that was good about me. I thought of Naomi imploring her daughters-in-law to leave her. She couldn't give them anything, and so they'd be better off without her. Well, after this exercise was completed, we engaged in some large group discussion. Most people in the room crossed the names of their loved ones off the list last. And it turns out they were a lot smarter than me. One participant said this, even if you've lost everything, even if you're not yourself, someone who loves you can see past all that and love you anyway. They can tell you who you are even when you have forgotten. These words reminded me that Ruth's determination not to let Naomi go was what made all the difference in the trajectory of this story. Ruth refused to give up on Naomi. She wouldn't let herself be crossed off the list. So you're bitter, said Ruth. I can see that. But where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Ruth didn't let Naomi go. And through their continued life together, Naomi began to experience hope once more. Through the storytelling today, didn't you see Naomi come back to life in chapters two and three? Naomi sees potential through Ruth's dealings in the community, and she especially sees potential in this alliance between Ruth and Boaz. And she becomes alive again as she engages in this act of womanly meddling 
or holy scheming. She's activated once again. No moment in the whole book is sweeter than when little Obed, the son of Ruth and Boaz, is laid upon Naomi's bosom. Though Naomi had lost so much and even lost a sense of herself along the way, Ruth wouldn't let go of her. Because Ruth was determined to be present in Naomi's life, come hell or high water, Naomi's future changed. The faithfulness of Ruth's actions point us to an enduring love, which is so very real for us in God. The determination of God to be faithfully present in the life of his people, no matter what, is what opens up a new future for us in every circumstance. Some of you might be experiencing the pain of loss in your life. And if you haven't already, live long enough and you will. People in this room have lost homes and jobs. People in this room have lost the ability to do some of the things they love. Some of you here have experienced physical limitations. You've lost loved ones. And maybe along the way, you've even lost touch with parts of yourself. I have four important names to add to your list today. These names conclude the book of Ruth. They are Obed, the son of Boaz, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. This story of Ruth is part of our holy book, not only because it's an incredible tale of love and faithfulness, but because this book sets up for us the history of King David's family, illustrating how God guides history for the sake of his people. The names that conclude this book ultimately point to the birth of Jesus Christ, the world's redeemer. Dear friends, he is your redeemer. Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again in order to redeem you from the power of sin and death and give you the promised inheritance of eternal life. Even if you have lost much, and even when you feel like you've lost the best parts of yourself, God who loves you sees past all this and has determined for his son's sake to love you anyway. Today and always, let God tell you who you are, even when you've forgotten. You are God's beloved child, redeemed by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen.